0: Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. You're gonna enjoy today's episode, at least that's where I place my bet. Back to that in just a second If you're brand new welcome. Authentic Influence is a show all about how some of the most interesting or innovative brands today are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic. And in the world of sports, which is just creaking back to life, we have a fantastic conversation today with the Chief Marketing Officer of FanDuel, Mike Raffensperger. Mike's got an illustrious history within media, a stint at Amazon, and now at FanDuel, is seeking to overthrow Vegas as the first place people think of when they think sportsbook. And through the different innovative ways in which they are creating Growing in an industry which is rapidly legalizing, that being sports betting across all 50 states, Mike is leading the charge in figuring out ways to enhance fan relationships. And whether it be through partnerships in media or with sports clubs or the like, he's always got something up his sleeve. Specifically towards the end of the episode, we talk a lot about what happens when you fill in the blank we would never dot dot dot. Mike's done a heck of a lot of that, and it's benefited FanDuel greatly, so I can't wait for you to hear all about it. So I'll get out of the way. I'm going to let you do that. Without further ado, here's our podcast from today with, from FanDuel, Mike Raffensberger. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am here with Mike Raffensberger from FanDuel. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for joining the show today. How are you? Are you energized? Sports are coming back. Are you ready for it? Is your team ready? I assume you are, but let me just hear some of that excitement. I'm, I'm sure that you guys are ready to roll.
1: Thanks, Adam, for having me on. Uh, Look, we could not be more excited, both professionally, obviously, our business benefits tremendously from getting stick and ball sports back on television, but also just as a sports fan myself, I miss sports. I have missed them for uh, quite some time. And so we are extremely excited uh, to have baseball, basketball, hockey back in bloom uh, with NFL around the corner.
0: Might as well get this out of the way early. Uh, Who are you a fan of? Who's your team's?
1: Uh, so look, I grew up in upstate New York. I've been in the city, New York City, for about 15 years. So uh, I, New York teams for me, I'm a lifelong New York Giants fan uh, and very excited to kind of see what Danny Dimes uh, can do in a <laughs> Right. Then, um, I, uh, I, I'm i a long-suffering Knicks fan, uh, I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, no, Nothing makes me happier than spending a night at the Garden, uh, and I do love my Knicks, uh, despite uh, a few years wandering the wilderness, shall we
0: say. Good to know. Um, Yeah, so for, let's see, just so you know, being uh, originally from Baltimore, Ravens fan, and I don't have a huge horse in the basketball race. I guess the closest is the Wizards, but I don't follow it too much. But I'm definitely there with you on the the football side, and hopefully we'll come together in a Super Bowl again soon, because that's about 20 years overdue. So, let's start off with how... FanDuel came a calling because I look back through uh, what has brought you to this point I see a lot of media work a lot of television work some really interesting work over at Amazon now as a self professed sports fan who's obsessed with teams whether they are long and illustrious winners or whether they've got some some rocky road here and there how would you describe getting to this point and, and why right now to jump into sports
1: so look I'll give you the, the kind of waterfront tour of my career I um I moved to the city, uh, I guess, 16 years ago now. I thought I was going to make movies and television. That was the plan. Uh, and so I did a stint at MTV, a stint at CBS. And you know, to be frank, I sort of realized that while it was really interesting and exciting, um, waking up at four in the morning to man craft services table is a tough way to break into an industry. and. To be maybe a little bit more specific, you know, the arts in general, I think are something that if you don't have a overwhelming burning must do passion for, you should probably explore something else just because it is such a incredibly competitive. It's so many people's dreams, right? To, to kind of go into the arts. and so. For me, I realized you know I, I, there were probably some other paths that made sense. I pivoted into marketing and advertising. So I bounced around Madison Avenue uh, for a little while. Uh, notably, I helped run a boutique called Magnet Media for about six years, um, which was an incredibly fun, very prolific time in my life, it was strategic and creative services to almost exclusively media, entertainment, and technology companies. So we were the social agency of record for DreamWorks Animation, which was just a total blast, right? You saw movies before they were released and helped package them up and how would we take them to market and what would the social campaign look like? We did a lot of work with Google and with Apple, helping them bring a number of their products to market. And so again, just a really sort of fun period in my life. And I think one of the connective tissues there was, it was sort of during the period of time that broadband internet was becoming more universally adopted across the United States. And as a sort of subsequent follow-on to that, online video was becoming universally adopted across the United States. And so a lot of the production skill sets, the storytelling understanding, and it's sort of um, uh, a very commonplace activity now, but content marketing or native advertising, uh, branded entertainment, was sort of just getting its start at that time. That was a huge part of what I brought to the agency, what we made our bones on. And again, it was just a lot of fun uh, and got to explore and work with just a tremendous amount of world-class companies on a huge variety of uh, projects and initiatives. Um, you know, From there, I realized I wanted to try to understand uh, more in-house and uh, in kind of corporate marketing activities. So I moved into DirecTV Uh, I ran all of their digital marketing and strategy program for about three years. Uh, Again, unbelievably uh, uh, valuable time in my career. It was, uh, it it remains a very great company, very entrepreneurial, very much looking for innovation and risk-taking. So it was at that time that we launched the first ever direct-to-consumer OTT subscription service for NFL Sunday Ticket, which is sort of the premier sports premium subscription program where you can get every out-of-market game on Sundays. Uh, and it was the first time we offered that um, directly to consumers relative to just through our satellite television subscription service. That was hugely successful, has continued to grow in the years subsequent. I helped launch DirecTV Now, uh, which is, again, their sort of VMBPD service, direct-to-consumer rather than a traditional MVPD service. And on kind of down the list, um, the company experienced a tremendous amount of growth. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and then a mom and pop telco company called AT and T uh, acquired uh, DirecTV, and just I a helped. Small player there. Yeah, little 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 uh, little player in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, I helped manage through that transition, and you know, AT and is a great right company. They do a lot of things very well. But I just realized that was not going to be probably the right spot. Uh, for for me to stay. And so I went looking for some other opportunities. And that is when uh, uh, one with Amazon uh, became available. And so I joined them to help create a new business vertical, essentially, in their advertising practice, which was marrying online video with e-commerce. And so we we hated the moniker, but it kind of gets the point across. Think sort of QVC 2.0. And the the sort of impetus behind it was, you know, Amazon um, is unquestionably the world's e-commerce fulfillment platform. Everybody almost uses it. But it isn't always a place you start with discovery, right? You might start with Google to search for which 4K TV I should get, or you maybe go to CNET and you look at reviews. Video can be a really powerful uh, discovery mechanism, and we wanted to lean into that. And that um, enjoyed a lot of success. It was kind of through a period of time that Amazon, as they are uh, shockingly adept at doing, chooses to enter a market and starts gobbling up market share. And so I might get the numbers a little bit wrong, but I think when I started, they had something like a 2% share of the overall digital advertising marketplace. And I think by the time I left, you know, they were pushing eight, nine, and it has subsequently grown. Um, and they're becoming a very, very material player uh, in digital advertising alongside Facebook and Google. Uh, and so that again was just a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, great to grow an entrepreneurial initiative at a massive company, and that leads me to Fanduel. And so I think for me, at least personally, you know, I was reflecting on sort of Amazon, and, and it is uh, absolutely a very, very big company. You know, over a trillion dollar market cap. I think has four hundred thousand global employees, something like that. And I realized, you know, despite building a very large business, you know, kind of a rounding error on the Amazon P&L. And I wanted a more holistic impact on total enterprise performance Um, that was coupled with sort of FanDuel itself being, I just think, at a really, really interesting moment in time where... You know, they had just had a merger uh, denied by the DOJ. Uh, we were going to, FanDuel and DraftKings were going to merge. Um, that was shut down. And so the the company was looking for sort of a, a bit of a reboot, um, to be honest, sort of, okay, what, what do we do next? And I thought there was just, I really had a ton of respect for what they had built with Daily Fantasy Sports and sort of reimagining entire space of the intersection of gaming and sports and media and entertainment. And I, you know... I have used this line in the past, and I really believe it is true. There was a period in time when media, probably close to 10 years ago now, that second screen experience was the topic du jour. It was all the rage. Every company, every media company wanted to build a second screen experience, which really just means, what do we make on your phone so that while you're watching television, you're also on your phone?
0: Right. You're still engaging with us.
1: Exactly. And... You know, somewhat pejoratively, I think a lot of media companies sometimes just looked at that as excellent, more advertising inventory we can cram in front of you. And so broadly, it failed. Um, With a few exceptions, there are a handful of companies that I think have genuinely created the preeminent second screen experiences. I think Twitter is one of them. I think FanDuel is another. And that opportunity, coupled with, I'm not going to lie, uh, there was a potential in front of the Supreme Court at the time that sports betting uh, restrictions on a state-by-state basis would be lifted. That decision hadn't been made, but I, no pun intended, placed a bet. Uh, okay. Made the jump to join uh, as the chief marketing officer. That bet paid off. Sports betting has subsequently um, started to legalize across the country, and it has just been an absolutely white-knuckle rocket fuel ride. Of growth and uh, an incredible amount of fun sense uh, that, uh, again, I've really enjoyed.
0: A white knuckled rocket fuel ride. I like the way that you describe that. And certainly with any industry which is rapidly legalizing or on, upon which regulations are perhaps changing, there's always good opportunity there and obviously a great. Personal opportunity for you to do that. It reminds me of a conversation that listeners will remember we had earlier this year with Jason White, the CMO of an organization called CureLeaf, a big leader in cannabis. Again, something else which is state by state, but rapidly legalizing and uh, then another rocket fueled ride. Mike, if I could ask the first, very first line anybody who goes to Mike Raffensberger's LinkedIn, by the way, might as well go give him a follow says, Mike Raffensberger is an award winning strategist, creator, an unabashed geek. So let me ask you this: because right now it sounds like, while maybe the second screen experience was the topic de jour of old, what are you geeking out about right now? I mean, what should people geek out about more? You've taken this incredible bet, which has paid off. What else are you geeking out about that might be uh, another bet for the future? Without giving too much away, I'm just curious: what, where are your head's at?
1: Sure. I mean, look from from a professional lens, I, I probably two areas that I get really passionate about, I geek out about, uh, for sure, you know, one is, while there is an obvious, incredible commercial opportunity in front of FanDuel, as you, you think about the legalization of sports betting, you know, the softer side of that is the sports culture, the landscape in America is, is changing and is going to change over the next few years. And that is very much part of sports at large and digital disruption and people wanting to consume sports in different ways. But very much also the expanding legalization of sports gaming and also some of what we're doing in our fantasy and otherwise um, kind of gaming products where the way people think about, talk about broadcast and consume sports is going to change. You can look at other marketplaces internationally that have had legalized sports gaming for a much longer period of time. Their broadcasts sound different. They look different. They talk about different things. And we have had some really successful early partnerships, mostly with regional sports networks. So MSG here in New York, which carries the Knicks and the Rangers, has been a really good partner. Uh, YES, um, which carries uh, the Yankees, has been a really good partner. There are others around the country where... You know, we've co-created real content, editorial content, where, you know, there are sports narratives that actually marry up really interestingly to sports betting narratives. So before a game starts in a pregame show, talking about how a line has moved leading up to uh, tip-off, right? And how really what lines are is just, what does the public think is going to happen? That's interesting. That's interesting to talk about. Or when you have two superstars facing off on one, one another, which player prop bet is getting more activity, right? So what what, which, what which, does the public think about that? There's just so many other aspects to that. And then other ways that, frankly, FanDuel just adds value into the fan experience. When you are gaming um, in one way or another or around a sporting event, your interest in that outcome changes. And you can be interested in a lot of different outcomes. Even if the game is a blowout, you uh, can be wildly enthralled with the outcome that's good for sports that creates more sports consumption that's good for us obviously it creates engagement on our platform finding the media partnerships that are editorial val fan and uh experience a value additive certainly promotional too um is really exciting and we are in the absolute top of the first inning on what that will look like uh and uh, I could not be more excited for FanDuel to be at the kind of the forefront of leading that charge.
0: Well, certainly, when you can find different ways in which to create that engagement and excitement and stickiness to the product, uh, then you are going to create a better experience overall for the fans. And that's Interesting that you mentioned that. It's something that I wanted to bring up next when it comes to creating partnerships. Now, you've done this with media organizations as well, just as you've described, to create some uh, really interesting collaborative content. And now beginning to trickle into partnerships with uh, the entities themselves. Just a few short weeks ago, developing one or announcing one with the Denver Broncos, I'm curious how you foresee the worlds uh, of sports franchises who have their own uh, passionate bases coming together with partnerships with folks like FanDuel. This is something which you seem to be pioneering. How how do you think that will further cement and improve and, and strengthen and, and, and uh, bring extra oomph to the relationships that you have with fans and players? Whether that is from a FanDuel perspective or the sports franchise, but I assume you probably know about the fan side a little bit more.
1: So look, our relationships with the teams are something we value very deeply. And I think it similar to my comment a moment ago on our, on our partnership with media companies were early days on what that can look like. Um and each league to be honest is in a little bit of a different spot with sort of the level with which they want their clubs to embrace sports gaming. And we understand that. And so we're kind of working with the leagues, with the individual teams to do it in the right way. I think obviously, you know, the authenticity that the clubs have with their fan base is the prime uh, kind of level of of fandom uh, that you're going to have. And so for FanDuel to be able to partner with the clubs, And, you know, a simple little example where, you know, we had an official relationship with the Broncos. And so we created uh, an incredibly rich uh, promotional set of odds for the first game the Broncos play uh, in Colorado this year. We are going to offer the spread uh, of the Broncos at plus 30. And so for anybody who might not be super familiar with sports betting, that means so long as the Broncos – they can even lose the game by up to 30 points. You will still win your bet. And for anybody that knows anything about football, 30 points is a lot.
0: Quite a bit. And yeah. so
1: That is, you know, it. look, that's a simple and silly example of just one thing that we can do to sort of lean into those partnerships. But think about game day experiences where we can lean into certain athletic events or game outcomes and create celebratory experiences for everybody who's attending the stadium. Think about, again, you know, The content that we can create together, whether it's, um, you know, uh, in in partnership with the club, in partnership with, you know, other people associated uh, with it, um, insight that in other editorial, uh, as I mentioned earlier on how sports betting narratives line up with sports um, narratives themselves, uh, there's a lot. And I think so we get very, very excited and obviously getting our brand um, in the arenas, on the courts, in the media that the team controls doing so in a way that sort of joins both of our intellectual properties with so the club marks with FanDuel, it just elevates FanDuel in a way that, you know, I I want FanDuel to be the American sports book of record. I don't think people should be saying Vegas has the line at X, Vegas has the line at Y. People should be saying FanDuel has the line at X, FanDuel has the line at Y. We are the number one online sports book in the country. Uh, we will seek out authentic partnerships with clubs to continue doing so.
0: Well, as you continue that march, uh, t- towards, uh, people saying, oh, the Vegas, no, that's that's sort of like the second screen experience of the of the betting world. Now it's all about Fanduel. Now, that has to involve a heck of a lot of people saying that, sharing that around, and that becoming common knowledge. And that's where my next question lies, which is, you get all these great experiences and, and messages from 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 players and people who engage with Fanduel alike. I mean, shoot, it's right on the. Right on the front page of the website, when it comes to reviews of the experience, and all, all the way down to the to the flow of the of the design. But I'm curious in some of the ways in which you encourage these messages to be shared. You encourage maybe in a word of mouth capacity, in a social sharing capacity. How you encourage that to be done, and then once you get a story or two about somebody who's just like a crazy FanDuel fanatic, how you amplify that because. In my opinion, that's got to be one of the most genuine things that you can do as a brand. Is say, "Oh, don't even don't even listen to us. Listen, listen to Adam and his and his and his crazy bets or something like that. You know, or or his story." I'm curious about how you get your hands dirty in that.
1: Sure. Look, uh, you know, our players, our customers, our fans. To your point, are absolutely our most valuable marketing asset. We want them to have incredible experiences. We want sports betting to be fun, and so we go to great lengths to ensure that people have fun when they play on FanDuel. And so, you know, word of mouth or referral or call it whatever you will, is an active and explicit channel that I think about um, from a marketing angle. Now, there are, you know, very simple that pretty much every online app company has, right? So a referral program, Uber will have one, Seamless will have one, FanDuel has one, where if you invite your friend to come play on FanDuel, we'll... Give them some site betting credits. We'll give that you some site betting credits. And that's a nice, just simple way of, of doing that. I think more probably uh, intrinsically, there's a lot of things we do that no other sports book really does. And sometimes, to be honest, I get questions, why would you possibly do that? And it's for this reason that we're talking about now. Creating brand love, loyalty to our product, and fun gaming experiences that people can't wait to share with their friends. So a couple examples. We literally just this week, uh, there was a UFC 251 had a, a major title fight. And it was for, I think, the featherweight championship. And one of the fighters, just everybody felt coming into the decision, it went to went the distance, and so the judges were making a decision. Everybody felt that the challenger uh, was going to win. And she just was more aggressive, had more going on. But the decision actually uh, favored uh, the champ. And there was a lot of, let's say, Twitter chatter about that decision. A lot of civilized
0: lot. chatter going on there online, yeah?
1: Yeah, not, 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 not feeling awesome about that. And so what we actually did, we have something called Bad Bet Relief. And we have a bad bet committee that works internally to flag these events in sports that we think eh, weren't very fun for betters, And we actually refunded the bet. So anybody who had a bet um, on that challenger, we refunded. People love this. They can't believe we did it. They talk about it on Twitter. They share it with their friends. Dana White, actually, the president of the UFC, at a press conference the next day, he was talking about that decision. And he referenced FanDuel and what we did. And so it is stuff like that. We have another um, really, really fun. FanDuel is the only place that does it. We have a promotion called Spread the Love. And it is the world's only... Crowdsourced betting line. And so what we have done in the past is we'll take a game. We had one, I think it was in Indiana, and it was on a college basketball game. The Hoosiers were playing Ohio State, I think. Maybe Ohio State. Um, And for every 200 users that bet on the hometown hero, so they bet on Indiana, we raised the spread by one point. And so as I recall... Indiana started their line at plus seven, something like that. By the time our promotion ended, so many people had got on to that bet, shared it with their friends, talked about it on Twitter. We had a great viral buzz. The line was at plus 118. So again, if you're not super familiar with basketball, 118 points is a lot.
0: That's quite Um, a few points, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's quite a few. So they covered And again, it's just, it's, it's, it's another example of we do things that most sports book just wouldn't do. It doesn't quote make sense. We do it because it can create this virality, this social conversation, and it's fun. It makes sports betting fun. It makes you want to be on FanDuel because you know, we will do things like this. And when you have friends that are also sports fans and they're also sports gamers, it wants you want to reach out and bring them along for the ride. And so, uh, you know, it's something that I take very seriously. We think a lot about, and we are constantly trying to come up with, you know, fun, innovative, different ideas uh, like this to bring to our fans. to share with their friends.
0: Well, this certainly, uh, well, it makes for a great way to then ask for advice. Like, well, how the heck am I going to go and do that with whatever I'm doing? It, it, first of all, those are certainly things that I would not expect a sports book to do uh, but obviously something which like yeah if I if I had a bet bad bet or beat or bet refunded and then you know or I was able to cover something pretty easily just because of the power of the people um yeah I'd share about that absolutely I would um, who wouldn't it's a it's that fervor that I'd like to try and get advice on how to foster and this is the roundout question of our uh, of our interview folks you know what's coming but you might be interested in this one here because it's advice about very broadly, how to build a more authentic brand, how to become more authentic in messaging. Now, a lot of people have different definitions of what authenticity is. Perhaps we stick to uh, the subject, do this jour, which is getting people excited and getting that buzz and spreading that brand love, but I'm curious about what some of your top tips might be in this realm, because folks that listen to this show tend to emulate the, the journeys of folks who appear, and whether it be through a specific story or a couple of those examples you just mentioned, or maybe even a mistake that you made or a pitfall that you avoided or advice from a mentor, I'm just curious what some of your top bits of advice might be as a takeaway for these folks who are probably going to log off of this podcast and go place a bet on something because sports are back.
1: <laughs> so the question being internally, how do you create the momentum, enthusiasm, desire to do to do things like this that maybe are not the most intuitive uh, uh, decisions? Is that is that kind of the question?
0: I think we should go. I think we should go there. Yeah.
1: Okay. It is always challenging. Um, you know, when you look at the stewardship that you need to your shareholders, to the company, to be a good um, shepherd of the resources we have, you know, these kinds of things are very expensive. Uh, and they do. They cost for money. I think one of the ways that you can help short circuit um, the decision making process uh, is that we have a series of principles that we operate with internally. Um, I think there's about, there's 10 of them, that we use to help guide our decision-making process and frankly align everyone, whether they're in the finance department, the product department, the marketing department, the operations department, whatever, we all share these principles. Um, One of them is that everything starts with the customer. And to be specific, we say revenue and our profit-making enterprise stems from customer delight, not the other way around. Now, that sounds nice on a piece of paper, really living that. If we truly believe that is true, then you make the kinds of decisions that I was just talking about. We do things primarily because they are right for the customer experience. They are right for introducing legalized, innovative, never before seen betting and gaming experiences to people for the first time. Yes, they cost money. Yes, they might be expensive, but they produce this kind of customer delight, brand love, fan experience, call it what you want, that people just naturally want to share. And you know, look, I won't get into all the specifics, but we obviously have a rigorous kind of commercial analysis when we do these things. And look, we believe they make sense. We believe that in the long run, it is the right decision to be investing in our customers, investing in ensuring that sports betting is fun, first and foremost, uh, that that creates the right long-term outcome for the company. And I think you do need, or at least one way, that we have tackled that sort of Um, balance is a set of these operating principles that we collectively buy in from the senior leadership team, you know, on down, that this is who we want to be as a company. These are the ways that we want to operate. And there's always going to be hard decisions to make differences of opinion, a lot of debate on the right thing to do or the right promotion to run or the right product initiative to prioritize or whatever. When we get into maybe challenging decisions where there's not an obvious right answer we try to revert back to our first principles one that is useful in this lens is is as I said everything begins with the
0: customer I first of all thank you for that highly like detailed and, and thorough advice folks this is uh, has been really interesting for me because I have not gotten into this world of sports betting really and I think that's probably just because I've never, considered it. I don't think it's been legal around this area for very long. But um, this is an example of an organization that is like taking an entire discipline and 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 very uh, entrenched figment of America, that being uh, betting on things, whether a fantasy capacity, real money capacity, whatever, and innovating wildly. Obviously, Mike, and, and thank you for coming on the show. This is a very entrepreneurial person coming from all sorts of opportunities and just and, and making it happen in a different way. I would encourage you... To take this advice and maybe write down today something which finishes the sentence, we would never do blank or we would never blank. Because I think that if you follow the advice and the story of an organization like FanDuel, they've been able to do a lot of good by filling in that blank. And it's just been really interesting to hear about. It genuinely makes me really excited. I'm so glad that sports are back and I know you're glad about it, but To know more about the inner work is what FanDuel has been doing, no matter whether sports are on or off the field, has been extra interesting. So um, for all of that, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you.
1: Adam, thank you very much for having me. Enjoy the conversation.
0: Thank you so much to Mike Raffensberger from FanDuel for joining the show today. Hey, maybe you guys can help me out with a couple of lines for the Orioles because, you know, sometimes they need a little bit of help. If you enjoyed today's show, I got a treasure trove for you, okay? But you got to go to this link to get it podcast.vivoom.co. I have these sorts of conversations with CMOs, CEOs, founders from brands and agencies and other thought leaders about three times a week. And to date, we've had nearly 120 episodes go live. So if you're looking for like 50 or 60 hours of this type of content, go check that out. You can also check it out on LinkedIn. There's a showcase page, authentic influence podcast, Give that a look. Also, follow me on LinkedIn, Adam Connor, my personal page. Connect with me. Send me a message. Give me a recommendation as to how to expand this guest list or this topic list. Similar to the way in which I talk to brands about how they use word of mouth to expand their reach, so too do we expand the show in that way. And it's based on recommendations from listeners like you. And I greatly appreciate that. And by the way, it doesn't have to be all roses. If you have some constructive criticism as well, I welcome it. I'll be back again real soon with another fantastic story about how a brand is mobilizing its masses to become more authentic each and every day. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.